We're available in podcast form. So search for Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman wherever you get your podcast. It will be there. Hope you had a chance to catch some of Johnny Bench yesterday. You know, we had him on, and shame on me for not knowing that yesterday was actually the anniversary of his final game in the big leagues. We talked about that final home run that he hit on September the 17th of that year. I believe it was 1983. But uh, if you missed it, please check it out. Uh, I I think you're really going to enjoy it. Um, But a big show today, as always. We have Bengals insider from Sports Illustrated, James Rafine. That's coming up in about uh, 15 minutes. Give us the very latest news on tonight's huge game. Down at Paycor Stadium against the Miami Dolphins. And, of course, it's Tuesday. The other day and Thursday, we always have our good buddy Tracy Jones. And he's going to talk about the idea of tailgating before the game. Lots of that maybe has already started now at roughly uh, five minutes after 10 in the morning. We'll find out. Lots going on. And I'm going to reverse the order a little bit because it's bigger news. And that's in baseball. Aaron Judge. Last night, club's home run number 61, which ties him with Roger Maris for the American League single-season home run record. It came off Toronto's Tim Meza. Judge had not homered in his last seven games. Fellas, uh, maybe we can talk about this later, but I understand there was something, and I did not get a chance to look at it this morning, prepping for other things, trying to get guests for today's show. Um, Apparently, the home run ball was dropped is that correct, Brandon? Say ho. Good morning, Brandon. Good morning, Casey. Good morning. Yes, there was a Blue Jays fan, probably I'm going to guess in between 40 and 50 years old with a glove in the front row. It was a tough catch, had to make a lean, but it did hit leather and fell into the home bullpen. So no one caught the million-dollar baseball. It was returned safely to the Yankees. But, the, but there's an added twist to this, though. The once the ball was dropped, um, Apparently, somebody picks it up in the bullpen, right? Yeah. Uh, when, I guess it's – I didn't look too far into this. So I don't want to get too into the weeds. But apparently, it was a Fox reporter's husband who's the uh, bullpen coach or works on staff for the Blue Jays. And she had a funny tweet. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. She had a funny tweet saying something about, all right, like he gave – don't give it back or we're getting divorced or some joke like that. <laughs> That's good stuff. Because she knows how much it's worth. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's great stuff. Um, really good. So good for Aaron Judge. Uh, he's got a week, basically, to break the record. It was Sarah Walsh. That's who it was. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yes. I, I've done a couple of uh, – just a couple of games with her. Her she, tweet she was, did. oh, cool. He just handed the ball back without checking to see if our house is still here. I'd like to announce our divorce. that's a good sense of humor (laughs) she's really good on the air too yeah uh the reds now they lose again to the pirates that is seven straight losses to pittsburgh that's one of the few teams actually worse this year than the reds it was a 4-3 decision in 10 innings that's 96 losses now for the reds with only six games to go only one team in 141 years of baseball Only one time has a Cincinnati Reds team lost 100 or more games in a season. That was 1982. Johnny Bench was on that team. So, what do they have? Six. All six against the Cubbies. Another terrible team. Um, And they got to win three. 
to avoid 100 losses. All right, lots going on in football around the NFL. I don't think that Hurricane Ian did tremendous damage uh, uh, enough to the stadium, but that's not to say that the Buccaneers are going to have their home game on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. If they have to move the game, it's going to Minneapolis. Uh, But there was so much devastation in and around Tampa and along the west coast of Florida. Uh, But Minneapolis, the doors are open, and um, if they got to move the game, they move the game. Former Ohio State star Joey Bosa is going to miss significant time for the Chargers. The four-time Pro Bowler tore his hamstring in Sunday's loss to Jacksonville. He's scheduled for surgery this week. They say he's coming back. We'll see. If that's not bad enough, the Chargers starting left tackle, Rayshon Slater, tore his left biceps tendon. He is out for the season. So the Chargers are already reeling. They've got an injured quarterback, and now they lose their best pass rusher and their starting left tackle. Jameis Winston will start this Sunday for the Saints. That game is in London against Minnesota. He was just told by the coaching staff, take a day off. He's nursing a bunch of injuries to his ankle, to his back. He's all beat up. And so uh, they gave him a day off, but he says he's good to go. James Rapine is coming up in about six or seven minutes. Boys, I want to talk about this whiteout tonight. I think this is a masterful marketing um, move by the Cincinnati Bengals to uh, many of you have seen it. They've got the logo on the field. Black and white helmets are breaking out tonight. Black and white unis are breaking out tonight. Maybe a little orange trim, but maybe not. Maybe none at all. Maybe it's just straight it's black bit. and white, right? Tiny, tiny bit of orange. Tiny bit. The end zones are painted white. Yep. Uh, much like a college football game. We've seen them at Penn State. We've seen them in Ohio State. We've seen them in other places. The crowd tonight is invited to wear white. Is that correct? Yeah, that's why you have your white on. You'll be at the game. Well, I've been wearing this shirt for about three days now, so I, I just had it hanging Casey's up. Casey's going to the game. I'll be at the tailgate. Yeah, we're all ready to go. So give us a word on the tailgate again tonight. You're going to be not in your normal spot. No, it's going to be up at uh, the Moorline Logger House at the Banks. They have that giant lawn. There'll be a bunch yeah. There'll be a bunch of vendors out there. I believe some cornhole, some foaling going to be going on. And then uh, we'll have some special guests. Uh, comedian Gary Owen will be there. Big, uh, big time comedian from Gary Cincinnati. Gary Oldham, the, the actor. Gary Owen. <laughs> okay, all right. That's 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 the confusion with the generational gap here. Is the going to Gary Owens? Well, everybody's fired up. I mean, people are jumping on with us here right now. Who day? Talking about uh, you know, ready to go. Um, our man Who Day is watching the, the show right now. He's got a bunch of appearances today. Uh, you know, he's a big league operator. He comes into town. He's got companies paying him money to come to the game. Uh, everybody talking about the white, uh, the whole nine yards. And a little bit later on, we're going to have something to the effect of uh, some video. Apparently that uh, the guys at Barstool, is that right? Yeah, yeah, we'll bring that in. Yes, yeah, some... we'll bring that in later. But uh, the whiteout. And I have a lot of thoughts on this thing uh, today, and I'm not going to get into them right now because we got James Rapine coming up in a minute. Um, but the bottom line is, this is a stroke of genius from a marketing standpoint by the Bengals. I have no problem with people going out there trying to make money. 
God bless them all. Make as much as you can while you can. Right? So if the Bengals are, are selling merchandise like crazy, good for them. The only thing you hope as a fan is that they continue to do what they did this past offseason, which has not been their MO in the past. Actually, the last two or three offseasons. I should give them a little more credit than that because they went out and they spent some big money the year before on the defensive side of the ball. They brought in Hendrickson. They brought in Von Bell. Uh, I like e Eli Apple. I know a lot of people don't. I, I think he's a solid player. He has his ups and downs, but every DB in the league has their ups and downs. Uh, but they've gone out and they've spent some money. They did the same thing with the offensive line this year. So as long as they keep pouring all that cash air reeling in back into this team, I don't think there's a single fan that begrudges them for a second for making money. And if they stick a few bucks in their pocket, good for them too. No problem whatsoever. James with us yet? Uh, no, not yet. Okay. All right. want to make sure that uh, I don't step on our main man, James Rapine. He's all over it. And has been all over. There are lots of injuries to talk about with James Rapine, uh, whether it's, you know, on the more serious side, as we discussed at length yesterday, and we'll with him here in a minute. Uh, DJ Reader, who's not going to play tonight, who's been there, – there's another guy they went out and brought in. I can't believe I, I blanked on his name. Uh, I talked about Von Bell and Hendrickson, but Reader was another guy. B.J. Hill, they made that deal with the Giants. Masterful deal uh, to bring uh, him in. James is ready now, right? I'm getting him ready just to Okay, second. all right. I just want to make sure we're uh, – let me know when we're ready to go with him. Uh, but anyway, so injuries could be a factor tonight. Uh, we know the Bengals are without Reader. Uh, they've got some guys, you know, nicked up here and there. T. Higgins has had a, a rough start to this season. Only three games in, got the concussion early on. Came back, took a vicious hit, brutal hit, nasty hit, cheap hit, quite honestly, uh, in the last game against the New York Jets. Joe Mixon apparently a little bit beat up. And that's what's going to happen. It's a violent game played by big, strong, fast men. And there are going to be people that get hurt. We just talked about the Chargers. Significant, major injuries to their team already. So let's bring in James Rapine. He's all Bengals all the time, whether it's his podcast or whether uh, it's for Sports Illustrated. He's got lots going on. James, how are you, my man? Missed you early in the week. Ready to go tonight? I'm well, Tom. Yeah, I'm all set, ready for a, a late night. Uh, certainly excited. We'll see if the Bengals can get to 500. What will you do after the game tonight? Are you in the locker room? Are you, are you doing stuff on the field? What are you doing? Locker room, press conference room to start. Uh, I'll certainly have videos from the field. Uh, I'll podcast from one of the available booths uh, that I, I can find at Paycor. So it's uh, it's going to be all of the above. Uh, you know that doesn't include the writing too. So it's these primetime games. They're late nights, but but they're a lot of fun, and obviously fans are excited. So I am too. All right, let let's start with DJ Reader. Um. We've heard it said, you've heard it said, you've talked to the guys yourself. A lot of people feel like he is a not only an outstanding player, has been even before he came to the Bengals. When he's healthy, he's just an outstanding player. Uh, but apparently he is a major force inside that locker room and the way guys look at him and respect him. One, do you have any idea how long he might be out? 
two and for today, more importantly, what does this mean for the Cincinnati Bengals defense? Well, yeah, let's start with how long he could be out. Wouldn't shock me at all if we don't see him until after the bye. So that would be six, six games. Then you have a bye. So you give him seven weeks. And then he comes back that eighth week and, and is good to go. They, they're certainly not going to rush him back. I think they feel blessed that he's not out for the season because that, there were certainly some scary hours in there where they thought there was a chance that they'd be without him. And he's playing as well as any nose tackle in the NFL. Like, he's never been a pro bowler. That's a joke to me anyways. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but to me, he's playing at an all-pro level. So it's a, a huge loss. And so when it comes to tonight, the Dolphins don't run the ball a ton, or at least they haven't in the first three weeks. So they probably wouldn't have with DJ Reader in the middle there. But the thing that Reader's been doing this year, and he's done it throughout his Bengals tenure in, in his last year with the Texans, but he's getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks from that nose tackle spot, which is such a, a cherry on top when you're talking about getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks. You're not banking on your nose tackle to do that traditionally, but that's how Reader's been playing. So it's a huge loss, but for a, a matchup like tonight, especially on a short week, I don't think it's as big of a loss as it would be if it were the Ravens, if it were the Browns, if it were some of these run-first teams uh, that are going to start with the run, end with the run, and sprinkle in some passes. It's it's kind of the opposite with the Dolphins. They like to pass it. They like to find a way to get the ball to Tua, or, or Tua to get the ball to Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. So uh, I do think that there's no ideal matchup without DJ Reader. You want him out there every game. But this game, it shouldn't hurt them as bad as it would other weeks. Okay, so what guy or guys, what names should we know they're going to step in there and try to fill those shoes? A lot of people have been talking about, go out and get this free agent or that free agent. Well, if you remember, Tom, on cutdown day, the Bengals claimed, and they were shocked, but they were awarded three players. Right. Two of which were active for the first time last week. And Devin Asiasi, uh, third-year tight end, uh, drafted by the Patriots. He kind of fills in for Drew Sample. And then Max Sharping, the guard, who he's the reason Jackson Carmen was inactive against the Jets. Well, the third guy is going to be active tonight in J2 Fele. And he's a, a defensive tackle that they really liked uh, coming out. He got drafted by Jacksonville, fourth rounder, some weird regime changes in the Urban Meyer stuff and everything that happened there. He gets cut, and the Bengals scooped him up. And so that's who they're banking on. They'll bank on him, B.J. Hill, obviously, who you mentioned, Josh Tupo. And then it's going to be a bunch of young guys, you know, rotating in and out there. And, and Zach Carter, Cam Sample, Joseph Osai. So I think it's going to be quite interesting to see how Lou Anarumo uh, uses this rotation of defensive linemen. But none of these guys are reader. And so I think he's going to have to tweak his defense in general and, and tonight's the first night we'll get to see that. So they're obviously worse. I think he's their best defensive player, including Trey Hendrickson, is DJ Reader. But uh, J2 Fele is the guy that we'll see suit up tonight for the first time. Okay. Um, the pass rush, I think, look, look I, all the years doing football, outside of being able to protect your own quarterback, the flip side of that, I'm not so sure – the most important part of football is being able to pressure the other team's quarterback regularly through the course of a game. Mm -hmm. And all the arteries then off of that primary vein, 
where if you're forcing somebody to react under pressure, constant pressure, how do they react? Some guys handle it better than other guys. Um, Tua can move around a little bit. Um, much more so, obviously, than Joe Flacco or Cooper Rush. Mitchell Trubisky moves around pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. But this guy tonight can move around a little bit. Now he's got a bad back. Uh, Hendrickson's coming off the game, great game, last week. Maybe his best game as a pro uh, against the New York Jets. I've asked you this before, but I'm going to ask you this again. Do you feel like these other guys who are going to get some playing time, you mentioned the pressure reader was applying. Do, do you feel mm-hmm. like there's somebody there? Sam Hubbard w- will show it from time to time. But is there somebody there who's going to give them a bona fide addition in terms of pressuring the quarterback? Of all the guys they've got that are going to be in there in the game, they th- that's a necessity tonight, Tom. Because as good as Trey Hendrickson was, and it might have been his best game of his career, not just as a Bengal uh, in Week Three against the Jets with the two and a half sacks, three strip uh, sacks or forced fumbles, whatever you want to say, he's facing Teron Armstead, who's a top two or three left tackle in the NFL is really, really good. Hasn't practiced this week. He's going to play tonight for the Dolphins was their big free agent addition. And he shut down Von Miller last week. So can they find a way to get uh, Hendrickson matched up on other guys? Can Hendrickson maybe win with his speed power combo against Armstead? Maybe, but someone else is going to have to get pressure. And so to me, this is where the Sam Hubbard's, the Joseph Osai's, if, if there's a week for Osai to get some pressure and make an impact, He's had three weeks now of regular season action. He didn't play much in the preseason. Last year, he missed his entire rookie year. Now's the time on a short week where you want him to make an impact. Now's the time where you want Sam Hubbard at home, white out, new helmets, Cincinnati native, all of those things uh, for, for him to, to make an impact. And, and so someone needs to step up. And could it be a Zachary Carter as a rookie? Or, you know, Will it be? one of these other interior linemen. I'm not sure. I, I, I would look to a veteran in Sam Hubbard and someone in Joseph Osai that the Bengals were certainly banking on coming into the year of, of getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks. But you're right. They have to make two uncomfortable because if he's not uncomfortable, someone's going to be open. Mm-hmm. You can only guard for so long. And Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, they run like track stars, but they, they play like receivers. They can yeah. catch, they can run, they have great right. routes. I mean, they're freaks. So it's, it's going to be tough to contain them. Um, the Eli Apple has not taken the bait this week, has he, from Tyreek no. Hill? I think it surprises no. uh, a few of us who, who have become well aware, even going back to his days at Ohio State, <laughs> that Eli Apple can talk trash with the best of them. There, there's no doubt mm-hmm. about it. Uh, but right at the end of the last game when Miami beats Buffalo um, and some of the reporters go to Tyreek Hill and start asking him, about the upcoming game against Cincinnati. I mean, he's right at it with Eli Hill and just, uh, Eli Apple and laying it out there on the table. You surprised he hadn't taken the bait? I'm proud of him for not taking the bait. I'm not I, I <laughs> surprised. I'm not sure. But Eli, the one thing that he he's done is he's talked after he's performed. And I don't love all the Twitter stuff. And I, I, th- I you know, I was kind of critical of that this offseason. And I think that might have cost him more money in the open market and with the Bengals. He signed that one-year, $4 million deal. So to me, the fact that he was quiet, if he goes out there and performs tonight, yeah, if you want to send a tweet or two or you want to say something to hell after the game, that's fine. But perform first. And so 
I, I like that he waited. As much fun as it would be for him to hold court yeah. and, and do the whole thing that Tyree, oh, he owes me. Well, we'll see. And that's why I tackled you on the one yard. I mean, there's plenty of things he could say, right? And, and he didn't. So uh, proud of him there. I think that was a smart business decision for a variety of reasons. And if he goes out and plays well tonight, I, I certainly think we'll talk to him in the locker room. But I am a bit surprised. You're right. I'm a, I'm a bit surprised that he hasn't said anything. James, looking back, and, and you go back and watch, you know, game film and all that kind of stuff on a regular basis and, and, and turning back the clock. I, I've said on this show a number of times just in three weeks on the air that the single greatest athlete I have ever seen in any sport is Tyreek Hill. I had a chance to do a couple of Chiefs games and just watching him run around. I've never seen anybody like him. What was it that the Bengals did, if anything, to him that slowed him down in the second half of both of the Bengals' victories last year, including the AFC Championship? They dared the Chiefs to run the ball. And they essentially double-teamed Kelsey. They double-teamed Hill. And they said, we're going to get – our pressure is going to get there before these guys get open. And we're going to dare you to, to run the ball. And we're going to take everything else on, you know, away, essentially. And the Chiefs didn't have that third reliable weapon. And, and so they were able to. And that's not going to work tonight. It's not the same. It's, Tyreek Hill's the same. But this Dolphins offense is different. First off, Tua is not Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to make those off-platform throws and uh, throw on a frozen rope 65 yards down the field or 55 yards down the field. And, and so you have to take into to consideration that element because Tua's comfortable dinking and dunking. And he'll do that, and he's pretty good at it. So I think that we're going to see a hybrid of what Lou Anarumo did against the 49ers and Mike McDaniel, who was their offensive coordinator last year, and then the Chiefs last year as well facing Tyreek Hill because they have two guys that are speedsters. You have Mike Kosicki at, uh, at tight end, and it's going to be a, a delicate balance where, yeah, you don't want to get beat deep, but Jalen Waddell doesn't need to go deep to beat you. He's second in the NFL in yards after catch. He can catch a bubble screen and take it 15 yards. And, and it can be that type of game, and you don't want that to happen either. So I think tackling in, in the open field one-on-one -on -one is as, as big of a, a question mark and as big of a, an emphasis this week as it is making sure you take away the deep shots. See, that's what you get from James Rapine on the show. I mean, that, that, that's a great point. And, it, and you, the more and more you watch football, those guys that can make tackles when they're there to be made. And look, you know, trying to tackle a guy with a little bit of space like Waddle or like a Hill, that is a tall order. But if you're right there in a position to make that play, you got to make it. Uh, Brandon, did you have a question for Mr. Rapine? Yeah, first one, how much do you miss me on game days? Wow. Not I don't know. <laughs> that's a loaded question. It'd be like asking my wife how much does she miss me when I'm out of town. And uh, I don't want to ask the question because I don't like the answer. It's like a good attorney. That's, that's a stupid no, question. No, I got, a, I got a real question. I got a real All question. Right. The, the stuff on – you talked about Twitter stuff. So I'll ask you this since you're a big UC guy like me and I really want to steal the helmet behind you. Uh, yeah. that, the Dolphins practicing yesterday. It was funny watching Miami's Twitter – like their fans' Twitter, because they have no concept of where they practiced at. And they just knew it was a college football stadium. You and I both know that is the most crowded place on campus. 
You can walk in and out anytime. There's buildings all around, whether it be TUC, the Linder Center, whatever there is. There's like they had so many other options. I get the point of, you know, not supposed to be filming NFL practices. That's something you and I have, you know, been on the front lines of. You're not supposed to do certain periods, all that stuff. But were you shocked to see Twitter lose its mind yesterday on that? I wouldn't say shocked because Twitter loses its mind over a lot of things. Um, I, I would say this. Uh, the Zach Taylor could have been at that walkthrough, and I don't know how much he would have gained, right? I mean, these yeah. these Thursday these these Thursday games, they're not practicing anyway. I mean, the Bengals didn't truly practice this week. And mm-hmm. the Dolphins sure as heck didn't after that that 90 degree or 100 degree or whatever it was, 90 snap day that right. they had to deal with, even though they're used to the heat. But I I, I get why people were, because they don't have the concept. Like, how are people getting this film? How are they? I, I get that. But they knew it going in, that they were going to practice there. And so I, I think it was more, hey, let's just get – some mental reps in. We're not going to show too much, and and we'll right. uh, we'll call it a day. Well, something they like teams have done in the past when they come in early. Or Tom and I were talking off the air bowl games for college teams. There, I've known multiple teams that have played the Bengals that have practiced in Northern Kentucky at a high school the day before. If they had to come in early or it's hot wherever they're something like that. Were you surprised they were practicing at UC and not somewhere like a high school? Yes. So that's the part that does surprise me. Is you're playing it, you know. Uh, a really high-end D1 football field in the middle of campus. I mean, what do you what do you expect? No one to notice. You know, you, you could have found a high school where no one would have noticed. And, and maybe maybe someone would have tweeted something out, but it would have been, you know, the same field, the same dimensions. It wouldn't have hurt anything. But, you know, it, it is a, a quick ride. Maybe they didn't want to deal with traffic or, or something like that getting across the bridge. Uh, who knows? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's uh, – it's it's quite quite interesting, and I I am curious. That is a storyline tonight. How the, the Dolphins have dealt with a lot this week, from the hurricane to the quick turnaround, all of those things, the emotional game of, of Buffalo. Do they start a little slow tonight? It's uh that's a question, and and certainly something the Bengals might be able to take advantage of. Well, we had Grant Napier on the other day, who follows a team from down in South Florida, and he thought if there was ever a time to quote unquote catch the Dolphins, this would be the time, based on. Uh, the things you talked about, and especially the weather conditions and the climate in the game where the defense was on the field for 40 out of 60 minutes and 90-something plays and all that kind of thing. So we'll see. A um, couple of quick injury updates, James. Anything uh, to report on Collins, Mixon, Higgins, any or all the above? Good to go, good to go, good to go. Uh, thumbs up. Collins told me he would play on Sunday. Uh, that he played tonight, and and I believe it. I think they're just kind of giving his giving him as much rest as possible so he can be as close to 100%. I think Mixon's nicked up, but good to go. Higgins the same. He'll be good to go tonight. What about Pratt? Good to go? I think so. Yeah, I, I think so. I think he was close last week, and he practiced Thursday, and th- they were surprised about how the knee responded in a negative way. So they, they gave him that week three game off, but I, I do anticipate him playing – We'll see for sure. Uh, not as certain on him as those other guys, but I do think he'll suit up. All right, last couple of things I want to ask you about before we get out of here. Um, Tua and Burrow went toe-to-toe in a couple of huge games in college. They played in the same half of a conference in the same division, LSU and Alabama. Uh, Burrow ultimately got the last laugh uh, in 2019, <laughs> leading LSU to the national championship and the win in the national championship. 
Is there, and then there was the whole draft drama. Which one are you going to take? Which one do you like better? The whole nine yards. Do you sense that there is a personal rivalry here, or is that something that the rest of us are making something out of nothing? I think it's something that everybody's making, you know, the rest of us are making it out of nothing, at least for Burrow. I, I can't speak to, to Tua, never, never chatted with him. Personally, if I was drafted behind Burrow, I'd want to compete with him. Uh, you know, if I'm Herbert, I'd feel the same way too, right? So I'm sure deep down uh, there's some of that. At the same time, for Burrow, I, I think it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, he's he was in my draft class. He's a good quarterback. And he would probably leave it there and say, I, I you know, I got to play my game. So I, I, I don't really think he looks at Tua as a rival. He might have when he was still proving himself in 2019 when they had to go into Tuscaloosa and it was that wild game, which is just wild to look back at about all the stars that were on that field sure. and star power. But, but yeah, I, I don't think that that's the case going into tonight. Okay. Last thing is the whole whiteout thing. Um, I, I think this is a great idea. Uh, what, what, what do you, what do you think about it? Uh, what's been the, uh, I know Burrow made the comment the other day about he'd play in garbage bags or something to that effect. It doesn't matter, but, <laughs> but look, when you got something different and, 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 and the MO of young people today, and the, we forget these are young men, very, very young men, um, that are playing this game. I, I would imagine that they probably think it's pretty cool, right? For sure. No, I, I do. I, I think that in Burrow probably does too. You know, but I, I I like the the messaging there because they the pressure's on the Bengals to win tonight, and so why make it about the white helmets when they got to get to two and two because one and three it's rough sledding. So yeah, I I like the the message from Burrow. But overall, I was talking to guys last week because they practiced in those helmets, and they're excited about it. They like the helmets, and I I think that you know they were just more concerned about getting used to a new helmet. As you know, players are very oh boy used to what they are, and it's like, man, all right, this is our first practice in these helmets. So yeah, I, I do. I, I think that uh, they're excited about it, and uh, fans are, are certainly excited <laughs> about it. And, and what a way to to welcome in Thursday night football, the Ring of Honor, then with a, a white helmet as well. Do you think ultimately that uh, that Willie Anderson gets in the in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? I do, and I, I think I think tonight has a big part of that, and and I think that honestly might be why he's, you know, fans voted for him to into the Ring of Honor now. Not that he didn't deserve it, but you could make the case for a lot of guys, and and so, but Willie has the best chance of making the Hall, and so show everyone how proud you are of him and celebrate his career here locally, so everyone else is aware of it. And so it brings that to the surface. So I do, I think there's enough now social media push and fan uproar and awareness that even though he got buried because he was on some bad Bengals teams and, and even some teams that 05 on probably, you know, 06, 07 underachieved a bit. Uh, but, but even though he was on uh, some bad teams, I, I think he got overlooked early. Uh, shouldn't be the case anymore, especially after tonight when he goes into the ring of honor. Have you had a chance to, to speak with Isaac Curtis since he got into town? I know he spends a lot of time here, but I think primarily now lives in California, if I'm not mistaken. But he's here back and forth quite a bit. Uh, have you had a chance to see him? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, you're busy covering the team. He's busy with different mm -hmm. events since he got into town, that kind of thing. Unfortunately, no, I, I haven't. I look forward to seeing him tonight. I, I wasn't yeah. able to get there yesterday for the, the, the Ring of Honor event, but uh, – 
yeah, I, uh, I saw him on Zoom uh, when he, uh, what was it, late July before camp when it was announced. But uh, unfortunately, I haven't talked to him in person yet. Well, he's he's the best. I mean, golly day. What what a classy guy. And it's such a such a I mean, everybody's wrapped up naturally with the team and in and, and a big game and trying to get to two and two. And but I've been around enough of these things enough uh, with the Reds and some other places where when, when these guys get honored in in such a way like they are tonight, this is a, an enormous deal in their lives. And uh, you're so excited for both of them because they both have carried themselves with such incredible grace and class. And you're proud to have them uh, represent your franchise even now. Yeah. I, the, the reason I'm so excited that they have a ring of honor in general is because growing up in Cincinnati and, and you know following the team and being a fan of the team, I wasn't aware of of the past as much. Now, I remember the non-internet days, all right? So I'm aging myself a little bit. So now you can Google things and, and look things up quickly and and, and not have the, the dial-up, you know, AOL free trials and all that I'm stuff. I'm still that on I AOL. Had, you know, Quit beating up AOL. I don't want to interrupt <laughs> wow. you anymore. All the old guys still have AOL. You know, Troy Aikman and me, and, and, and I don't mean to name drop there, but Brent Johnny Ma Bench Brent yesterday. I think I mean, has it's a all, all AOL guys, and you guys, all you do is dump all over us for having AOL. <laughs> Well, that's there you go. So, but, but <laughs> that's my point. That's my point, right? I is, know. Is I know. Now the the eight year old who ha would have no clue who Isaac Curtis is because why would you? Is going to know who Isaac Curtis is, and in ten years, people are going to know Willie Anderson, even if you never saw him play. I mean, there are fans now that became a fan of the Bengals in 2013 because they liked AJ Green or they thought mm -hmm. that the Red Rifle was a cool nickname. They don't remember Willie Anderson. Well, now they'll learn about him. So I, I think that part is is pretty cool and, and, and is something that uh, th that uh, is good to see, given you know the state of the the franchise and the fact that they didn't have one when I was growing up. Yeah, you're you're right. It's great stuff, and we're excited for both of them. We're excited about the game. Uh, prediction, James, before we let you go. I think it's going to be a tight one. I, I do. I, I think that the the Dolphins have certainly James, played. James, he doesn't James, do this. James, I know James. James. He doesn't James. do scores. James. Oh, I'm going to give a score. Oh, okay. oh, all right. Scores. Okay. All right. I thought you were giving me your, you know, your, your straight down the middle. Lord knows these no, no, two no. guys I'm working with every day. And they dragged me to the bottom of singing Cincinnati Bengals, singing that song on okay. the air before the season opener. What, what, what very what little expect? reputation I had left went straight down the drain <laughs> after that. So James, please Man. continue on uh, your prediction. Going to be a tight one. So you were saying. It's going to be a tight one. Uh, if you look at what the Dolphins have done this year, they just it seems like they're always playing in close games. The Bengals, outside of last week, Joe Burrow's last seven starts were all decided you know, in the final minute, and it, it goes down to the wire. So I think that's going to be the case tonight. But the Bengals are more desperate. They looked at this week three and week four as kind of like a two-game pack following that Dallas loss. It wasn't, oh, we got to just go beat the Jets behind the scenes. They said that, but it was... Got to beat the Jets four days later. Got to handle business on Thursday night football. And so I don't think that, um, you, you know, until they complete that, that they're going to feel not that they'll be satisfied, but I'll use the word satisfied. Meanwhile, the Dolphins are coming off an emotional win over the team that everyone crowned Super Bowl champs. So I think the Bengals win 30 to 27. Evan McPherson Ooh. with the game winner. And uh, Joe Burrow throws for a, a bunch of yards because if the Bengals are going to win, they're going to have to throw it tonight. All right. Well, they better protect him if he's going to throw it. 
James, thank you so much for your time. Um, you know, I don't mean to beat you up a little bit and put you in the same category as Casey and Brandon, so please forgive me. <laughs> I, I'm fine with Casey, but Brandon, man, if you're going to put me in that category, then. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Your reputation precedes you, Brandon. I mean, you know, look. Hey, you enjoy those gold star uh, cheese conies at halftime. I will. No doubt. Throw a little, right. a, a little extra hot sauce on it for you. All right. There Thank you. you. Go. There you go. I like that. James, thanks for your time. Have fun tonight, my friend. See you. Thank you. Okay. James Rapine, kind enough to join us every week here on the program. We really appreciate having him on. He's busy and he has other things to do, a lot more important than this show, uh, but we appreciate him taking the time to do it. If you want to know what's going on with the Bengals, you just keep following him. All, you know, I always forget to say how you follow him or ask him how you follow him. You have, you have that information. Hey, yeah, James Rapine. He's got the podcast going. He's got uh, he made fun Illustrated of going. He made fun of me one time because I got I combined the two names of his podcast and YouTube channel. So I want to make sure I get it completely right when I say it. He's the publisher of All Bangles. Okay. So you go to at All Bangles on Twitter, and then his YouTube videos, I believe, are Cincinnati Bengals Talk. Yes, that's correct. Okay. okay. Yeah, I said All Bengals. I said All Bengals Talk one time, and he crucified yeah. me. You know, there's actually one thing I really want to ask him next time. Oh, I, well, you, you should have jumped in, Casey. We'll call him back. We'll call. Yeah, him. I'm gonna have to call him back because that guy is a fan of Power Rangers and Spider-Man. Those are like two of my favorite things ever. And did you see the helmets in I the did. background? I did. I wanted to ask him about the Will Smith book in the background. Yeah, he's got some interesting stuff back there. Will he, Smith. He's a pro. Yeah. Will Smith. Oh well, yeah. I was talking. Slap about another man. Slap another man. I mean, good Lord. All right. I did, when I was doing the highlights still for Reds games, when Jock Peterson yes. was slapped by Tommy Pham. Yeah, right. I would, whenever Tommy got a hit, I would say slaps this ball in the left field. There you right go. Field, yeah. I gotta there have you some, go. Got to have some fun. You got to have some fun. I agree. Tommy Pham says he's back in that uh, that same fantasy league. Well, no, he's, he's, with the, he's with the Reds League now, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, he's in a fantasy league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Said. Maybe not the same one as Jock Peters. But apparently they've made up. Kiston made up. Yeah. All's cool. Uh, and, and, and Pham will probably be spending most of Didn't he say he's a big deal? In, what was the term he used about he's a big oh, deal I can't in remember. Vegas? I can't remember. Well, I, I can't remember either. Um, so he'll have a chance to be getting out there because Boston's not going anywhere. So he's got, uh, he's got a lot of time off starting in October. All right, did, did we figure out if the Bengals, uh, what the deal is with the Dolphins guy? Yeah, yeah, we got, we, he's not on yet, but we have a Dolphins insider coming up here in a little bit. Nice, okay, all right. So we're going to take a break. Uh, we're back with more on Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Stick around. All right, welcome back to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Huge night tonight, downtown, Paycor Stadium, no longer Paul Brown Stadium, Paycor Stadium. The Miami Dolphins, 3-0 on the season after a stunning, shocking win in Baltimore two weeks ago when they're down 35-14. to They rallied to win it. And then last week, they chopped down the team that everybody and his brother is automatically ready to send to the Super Bowl in the Buffalo Bills. And there's nobody better to talk to about the Miami Dolphins than Brendan Tobin. Brendan, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, you have more going on than maybe anybody I, I, I've ever seen. So 
I mean, tell us about all the stuff you got happening between podcasts covering the Dolphins and other sports in Miami, your radio show. What do you got going on down there? Yeah, well, we're excited. We uh, we are the uh, midday show. My host, uh, Leroy, co-host Leroy Horde, who was a running back for the Browns and Vikings yep. for a long time. We've been doing radio down here for about seven years, and uh, we're on from ten to two, uh, ten a.m. to two p.m. every single weekday. And then uh, you know we start up on our new time slot next week, so we're excited about that. And then uh, do the Porpoise Pod, which is a new Dolphins exclusive podcast with uh, my co-host Alejandro Solana, who's on afternoon drive down here in Miami. Uh, and he is the executive producer of Dolphins Broadcast. So we're all over the place. The, the the town is very hyped up about their Dolphins right now. This is a very thirsty fan base that, you know, has not been to the Super Bowl. Hasn't won a playoff game in over 20 years, but hasn't been to the Super Bowl in a very long time. And they're very, very amped up right now, Tom. Before we go any further about football, Brendan, and I know it was primarily the West Coast of Florida, uh, but then Hurricane Ian moves up, crosses the state, uh, runs up along the northern part of Florida. Uh, are, are you guys okay down there? Was it bad? Did you get a lot of rain, a lot of wind? Not the hurricane necessarily, but some sort of aftermath from that? There's, you know, down here it's tough because, you know, you always have flooding that you have to deal with. There was, a, you know, a town that's uh, two towns south of me, Delray Beach, place I used to live. They got hit by some tornadoes really bad. Um, but nothing compared to what they're dealing with on the West Coast right now, which is just devastating to see. And, you know, in those things, you just kind of feel lucky because you really got no control over it. Um, so thankful that here it, it's, you know, my yard, it's nothing but a few few branches all over the place, but nothing major at all. All right, well, say your prayers for that. That's for sure. All right, let's talk about uh, the game here a little bit tonight. Um, and, and you're right. Look, you've forgotten more about it than I know about it. But I made reference yesterday. I had a couple of friends I went to college with who were born and raised um, Miami guys, a little bit north of Miami guys. Their families had season tickets. Uh, and it was the first time I had ever been exposed to the Dolphins fan base. And it really is amazing. It is a great football town. Florida is a great football state. High school football, college football for a long, long time. Not so much anymore, but for a long, long time, college football. Uh, but pro football. They love their Dolphins down there. And I got to believe, as you briefly just mentioned, that they are going crazy about the start to this season. Yeah, it's as excited as I can remember this fan base being all the time. There was some levels of this last year. Because people were very excited for the first year of Tua starting, and uh, they were good the year before that, and I think people really did buy into Brian Flores. Um, but it just got off to such a bad start early on. You know, they they won week one, and then Tua breaks his ribs week two, and they go on this awful losing streak. So all the air was really taken out of the season. Now they ended up rallying and you know having a crack at the playoffs. But this, you know, everybody looked at the start of this season and thought the Dolphins were good and were excited by the new coach and excited by Tyreek Hill. But there were questions like as much positive reinforcement as it has, you have to see it. And for them to deliver the way that they have the first three weeks, this place is as jazzed up as I can remember, just because it's not only that you feel like they're a legitimately good team, but they're thrilling to watch every single week because all of the games have been unbelievably fun. Their big play offense, which they have not had down here in a long, long time. It's usually been, you know, dink and dunk and playing for field goals and, you know, you had some excitement with Ricky Williams back in the day, but this explosive chunk plays down the field to Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, as everybody just thrilled right now. Let's start with Tua. It was scary video last week 
We find out after the game it was a back issue and not a head issue. He was in no concussion protocol at all. But it was really scary when you were sitting there watching it. How healthy is he, do you think, coming into this game, Brendan? That's a good question um, because he said that the major issue is the back and that he did have a lot of issues after he got hurt like that throwing the football. Now, I know a lot of people don't believe him. They say that, you know, they we all saw him wobble the way that he did. They think that it was a concussion, but, you know, he swears the thing that's bothering him the most is the back. The coach then also revealed that he jacked up his ankle in that game as well. So there were definitely some questions around Monday uh, of whether or not Tua was going to play, and then he speaks to the media, and you get the, the, the feeling that he is going to suit up no matter what, um, and he was to, through a walkthrough, which – you know, got released yesterday by some uh, some fans at the University of Cincinnati. So, yeah, I think he is going to play in this game. But, you know, is he going to be 100%? That's tough. I mean, this is a Dolphins team that's banged up kind of all over the place. Even their offensive line has had stuff they've had to deal with. And this is a very quick turnaround off a very, very physical game with the Bills. Well, I mean, physical game, and, and, and then you, you, you throw in the weather conditions. I mean, we had Grant Napier on the show a couple of days ago, and it, he lives down there, and and made the comment, he, he said, you know, for anybody that spent time in, in this part of the country, um, not that September you're necessarily getting breaks, but maybe you're starting to catch a break here or there before October really getting breaks. He said it was just brutal down there, and, and he made the comment, and I'm curious if you agree, that if you have to play the Miami Dolphins, a very, very good Miami Dolphins team, if you're the Bengals, this might be the perfect time to catch them based on the kind of day and the kind of game it was on Sunday. Is that fair? I don't think that's unfair. I think that, you know, with uh, with all of the things they've been banged up with, uh, that it is a good time to catch them, especially that defense. The defense played a lot of snaps and had a very physical game because Josh Allen is really, really tough to bring down. Um, but they have shown even in their, you know, up and downness so far this season, you know, against the the Ravens, let's say, yeah. that even late in the game where it seems like they're getting torched, they can come up with key stops. And, you know, the kind of will that they showed in that Bills game, I, I, I'm with you. I would doubt that they can continue to keep that up, but they continue to, I think, surprise mm -hmm. how much they're able to uh, to come through when you don't think they have anything left. Um, I, I would say, you know, the thing that the Dolphins have not been able to get going so far this year has been a run game. And I think that if if that was be a way where they could kind of control the ball a little bit more against Cincinnati and keep that defense as uh, snaps limited, yeah, it would be a very beneficial thing. But um, that has not been the case for them so far this year. They've been mostly a explosive, short drive, big play offense. And that doesn't leave a lot of rest for your defense. So it could be opportunistic for the Bengals. Well, we were talking a little while ago, and as you're well aware, you know, the Bengals' best defensive linemen, uh, all-around defensive linemen, not just the, the, the guy that gets the sexy sacks on the quarterback like Hendrickson does, but DJ Reader is considered to be their best defensive lineman, interior guy, very good against a run and has been excellent against a pass applying pressure. He's out tonight. So we'll see how that run game perhaps is able to get cranked up. When you look at the Bengals, Super Bowl last year, start off 0-2 this year, finally get their first win, do you look at the Bengals as a different team than you might have, say, four weeks ago or four months ago when the NFL schedule came out and you saw the Dolphins were going to Cincinnati on a Thursday night?
Um, I mean, they had such close losses early on in the in the uh, the season, and I think that when you come off of the Super Bowl, and especially the team that loses, everybody's going to think there's this natural hangover. I think probably even you guys would think that that was a a crazy run early for them. But I, I still look at a team that's so explosive with so many weapons. Uh, Joe Burrow uh, is is so exciting and and has lived up and exceeded every expectation that I think any fan base could have wanted for them. But, you know, I, I think for them, it's a question of people are going to be jacked up taking on the defending AFC champs. I think that's a lot different than being the cute team that's sneaking up on everybody. You know, even the Dolphins acknowledged this week, like, we know it means something to go beat the team that was just in the Super Bowl. And I think for, you know, this QB matchup, it means a lot, too, because this was a fan base that at one sure. point maybe thought they were going to get Joe Burrow. And they ended up with Tua, and certainly Burrow has been off to a faster career start than Tua has been. And so, you know, for him, I think that uh, even hearing Joe talk about it, that, you know, he was back watching that Bengals-Dolphins game from a, a couple of years back, whether he was going to go. And, you know, that beating Tua in college was a, a little bit of a, uh, a measuring stick for him to know that he could be the best quarterback in that draft. So I still think that they're very, very dangerous. I, I think that when everybody saw this schedule open up, that – they looked at that Bills, Bengals back to back and knew that was probably going to be one of the toughest challenges of the season of how they were going to handle that. And the Dolphins have definitely gotten off to this amazing start. And 4 0 is almost uh, incomprehensible for this fan base if they were able to do that. But, you know, I, I certainly don't think this is anybody taking them lightly. I think that they know that they're dangerous, that they got a, that many weapons, and that you can't sleep on them. Casey, did you have a question? Yeah. Uh... You know, I uh, when I was doing research on who to find to bring on the show, one of the first videos I looked up was the reaction to the game uh, after the Bills game. And you said something that I just found very funny, but also very telling about McDaniels and that you wanted to change the logo to a pair of nuts because he's just got... <laughs> he's got a pair of nuts. He, he's going to he gamble the ball. He, he's going to do what he's got to do and live with it um can you kind of like speak to that like is there a a vibe about this team that's different now with mcdaniel is it is it his personality that's like pushing the team forward or what what t tell us more about that yeah uh this guy is such a joy to be around because football is pretty joyless. Like it's, it's a lot of people being miserable all the time. They never give you anything. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like the anti NBA where it's like, you know, guys will show their personality a little more, you know, with Mike McDaniel, he's just such a breath of fresh air. And he came in with one task and that was to breathe this confidence into his quarterback who had basically been sabotaged the last couple of years by a coach that didn't want him anymore. And, you know, uh, uh, an organization, quite frankly, that was looking for his replacement for the last two years, whether it be going after Deshaun Watson or flirting with Tom Brady or tampering with Tom Brady, however you want to put it. And once they get caught in this lawsuit gets dropped in their lap and they go from the situation where they were going to go maybe after Tom Brady and Sean Payton to this kind of unknown who wasn't interviewed by any other team. And, you know, Twitter kind of goes on fire because he's got all these quirky answers to press conferences. And you're like, okay, is he going to be like this as the boss? Because it's one thing to be like that as the offensive coordinator. And he was. You know, he was, you know, just got – he's slinging jokes at press conferences. But he's also – you could just tell his mind goes a mile a minute. You know, some coaches, they'll take 60 seconds to say nothing. He almost takes 60 seconds to say everything. He goes in so many <laughs> different directions. And as far as the way it's been on the field – 
this has been a team that is just yeah it's full of as they say as uh as uh Tyreek Hill says you know he needs a wheelbarrow to to truck his cojones around that's that's how he is <laughs> and you know it's whether it's just the big plays on you know fourth and seven against the Patriots whether it's third and 20 uh, third and 10 against the Ravens and they're doing what they call the bleep it play where they chuck it down to Tyreek Hill whether it's third and 22 to get to Jalen Waddle they just seem like a team that is not against taking risks and I think that for the coaches that have been down here in the past between Flores and Philbin and Adam Gase, these were all very conservative coaches that were not exciting offenses. And I think that Mike McDaniels has brought a different level to that. And so on top of just the defense having big time stands and Tua with his big time throws and Tyree kills personality and Mike McDaniels uh, willingness to go for it in tough situations. Yeah, man, I, I think aqua testicles would be a fantastic logo change for the dolphins. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with that. However, I do have one last question for you. If you had the chance for Tom Brady and Sean Payton, I mean, like, were you on that train? Like, would you have been like, no. yeah, no, you wouldn't have been? It's not so much a thing against, I didn't really have an opinion of Sean Payton. Like, I would have gotten it, but they've been there, done that down here, man. I'm telling you, like, between having Bill Parcells come down here and flaming out as the president, having Nick Saban here and him flaming out and running off to Alabama, uh, Jimmy Johnson even wasn't, you know, yeah. the the savior. Now, he was great with some of the drafts that he had, and he had, you know, Jason Taylor and Zach Thomas. He found some amazing guys, but it was not what people lived up to expectations. Um, and, yes, it's been – they've gone away from that because Stephen Ross has definitely gone in the direction of he likes giving first-time head coaches their chance. So I would have understood it going after Sean Payton, but I think really what the thing was interesting about this with this whole tampering thing, I was not about having Tom Brady. I think it's weird to have a guy who's kind of owned you as a rival – to come in as your quarterback, a la like Brett Favre and the Minnesota Vikings after all those years the Packers. I, I'm not a, you know, I've spent my life rooting against Tom Brady. I don't like Tom Brady. I, You know, he's great. I don't say he sucks, but it's not something I would have fun doing, I don't think. Um, so to see them go from that to just a completely other direction of unknown coach and a quarterback nobody's really sure is good, and to be off to the start, yeah, it's it's quite the twist because everybody was probably thinking, oh, big names, proven guy to two guys who are completely unproven, and they have them in this position. Um, you know what a what a what a start it's been. All right, Brendan. Last question. Uh, give me your prediction for tonight's game. I mean, you guys are going to be mad at me. I'm going to pick the Dolphins. I'm going to say gonna, nobody's uh, going to be mad at you here. Uh, I mean, the, the two guys I got producing. Now, listen, Brendan. The two guys we got producing over here, Casey and 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 Brandon, they're the biggest homers in the world. They had me singing some Bengals fight song a couple of weeks ago. I mean, my career is already somewhat in the toilet, and it's actually going down the drain as I'm singing that song. And that's what they brought me to. I'm like, uh, you know, Pacino, Michael Corleone. I keep getting sucked in. But we're never going to be mad at you as a very Perfect. special guest for picking your hometown team. I mean, but you, you don't really think the Dolphins are winning this game, Brendan. Come on. Come on. Look, man, I mean, that keeps I, – I, I didn't think they were going to be 3-0 and either, and they just keep surprising me. And the way – the thing that's been impressive about them, in all, in all seriousness, they have won all of these games in very different fashions. They've shown uh, whether it be a grind-out game, whether it be a game they need to come back in, a game they need to air it out at certain times. They've been impressive, and I, I I can't doubt them. Even like you know some of the surprise picks, like Melvin Ingram just won AFC Defensive Player of the uh, of the month. 
who the hell would have had that at the start of the season where you thought that Melvin Ingram, who they got off the scrap heap, yep. would have been named the best player in the conference. So I'm going to go uh, late field goal win, Jason Sanders, beating the Bengals 24-21. Okay. All right. Low-scoring game. Brennan, you've been great yep. to have on here today. We thank you at the last second. We saw your video, and we said we got to try to find, find a way to hunt that guy down. And uh, thank you so much. I know you're busy. you got a lot going on late night ahead. And uh, enjoy the game tonight. Thank you for your time. Thanks for the fun, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Brendan Tobin. Now, fellas, that's a guest. Although he didn't go off the reservation like I was hoping he would. Well, I mean, I, he brought up the aqua testicles. I mean, he, he, uh, he's a good. That was good. I've never seen a dolphin with testicles. <laughs> I think they're a mammal too, right? Dolphins are yes. mammals. Yeah. Well, you guys clammed up in a hurry over there. <laughs> Boy, I tell you what, you guys, you know. I think Brandon's speechless. That's that's a first. Look you have nothing him. to add over there? Uh, I've never been to SeaWorld. That's all I got. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. I mean, I've been swimming with dolphins in my life a bunch of times. Really? There was an amazing story. I don't know if any of you did. This is, you know, about a dolphin. This is one of the most amazing stories. And the video's out there. You, you can find it. With all of the flooding that went on yesterday, there was video of a dolphin that put a dog, allowed a dog. The dog was swept out no to sea. You got to look at this. I saw it this morning. I didn't get to read the caption of it. But basically, this dog is standing on top of a dolphin that was basically saved. What? The uh, dog would have drowned clearly and died. This has, yeah, we're, we're looking at it right now. Okay, this, this is... Is that not right? Did I not read that right? Yeah. Or this, is this a stunt? It, this has to be a movie. It's just shot way too well. Like the video quality is too good. All right, well, I thought that I read where, Maybe where I'm it was wrong, legit. But let me, let me try to find... But you see the video I'm talking about. Yeah, it's a cool video nonetheless. The okay, dog's so definitely might, riding the dolphin. I mean, when I saw it, because I didn't read about it, I thought this might be kind of a, a setup thing, and I didn't have enough time. But there are miracle stories about dolphins saving people, saving kids, people trying to come into the country on boats from Cuba, stuff like that through the years. Uh, it, it's an amazing mammal, an amazing creature, uh, incredibly smart. Uh, but let's hope they don't play good football. Nah. Tonight, I I think honestly I know we talked a lot about how how good they've been. Uh, Bills are a really good team, but like you said, they they threw the football like sixty plus times. Like they gave that game away almost. I think, dude, I think, they beat the Bills. I know, but they the Bills, beat the, the Buffalo Bills. Bills. The Bills I mean, gave come on, you were ready to send the Bills to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Six days ago. Right, but it's the other teams that they've beaten that I have, like... Okay. The Ravens? Yeah, but... Down 35-14, to 14, the Ravens on the, the road? Ravens, the Ravens' offense Remember, is Casey's very new good. to football. Casey's I'm, new to football. Let's remember this. Ravens, Ravens' offense is very good. Very good. It's their defense that struggles. And... The Dolphins have a good offense, but I'm not convinced about their defense. Well, that, I can't that's more... I, well, you know, it's like he said, they've won in different ways. And that's the thing as a coach or a fan or whatever. That's what you like to see from teams. Not teams that can just bludgeon people uh, by scoring, you know, 
30, 40, 50 points a game. But they have won their games in three very uh, different ways, Mm -hmm. very different. They just hammered New England, hammered them, got jumped on them early and just kept coming after them. The the unbelievable rally against Baltimore. And then, look, uh, the weather conditions, the defense on the field for 90-plus plays, Fourth quarter, the Bills have it first and goal at the one to take the lead. They don't score. They get the ball back, run out of time. So, you know, we'll see tonight. Uh, we got a huge audience today. This is great. Um, oh, yeah. The, Alex reminds me the Tommy Pham line was, I'm a big dog in Vegas. That's what he said. Big dog. I love that. Uh, six four one two Mars who joins us every day says the Bengals defense steps up tonight. He wants Casey and Brandon to give him a who day. Who day? Casey was a little more excited than me. I'm still waking up. I need I some mean, lunch. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm ready to go. I got my all white. Well, you're going on. to the game now. Yeah. You got tickets, right? Yeah, I got the amigos with me. Got my Super Bowl. Casey's a bit of a me. Bengals fan. I'm a bit of a Bengals fan. Good for him. I'm apparently new to football, so. Uh, You know what? God bless him. He's a Bengals fan. (laughs) Because there have been a lot of lean years around here. Um, Okay, when we come back, later in the show, we have Tracy Jones about 1130. So we're going to have about 20 minutes talking about this game. Are we going to make it to him? Are we going to be cut off the air when he comes on? I mean, his segments, whew. 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 Oh, boy. There's no FCC regulations on YouTube, I don't think, so. Thank God. The language isn't bad, but the uh, subject matter is borderline. Although in this day and age, no, no it's not. I mean, some of the stuff you, you see now, you, I can't believe it. Not necessarily on the Netflix and the Amazons of the world, Prime Video, um, but some of the stuff on network television. I, I just, I know, I'm old. All right. <laughs> I just can't believe some of the stuff is on television. Um we're going to talk about this game. We have to start our picks for this week tonight yep. since the Bengals are playing on Thursday night football. Yep. You could guess what we are going to pick, but. You could guess. I, you know what, though? I, it got up to four I and a half, right? I gave you an answer a little bit earlier, but I want to make sure, I want to see that line first. I think it's a four okay. and a half now, maybe. I don't what know. is we'll it? See. We'll, we'll double check during the break to make sure that it's possibly gone up to four and a half. Uh, last time I checked, it was three and a half. Bengals but, favored. Yeah. Bengals okay. okay, we're going to talk about that when we come back. So we're going to take – who else we got here? Um, well, well, Reed Moss is tired. He started by making fun of the way I say uh, good morning, good morning, good morning. So he's out for any mentions on this show. <laughs> well, he'll, hit, he'll, hit you, he'll hit you with a pie that had, was shattered. Uh, that's why I say it bothered me. I mean, he uh, almost put AJ me... wants to know when is uh, Tracy Jones on. AJ, unless Tracy says otherwise – it's every Tuesday and Thursday at 11.35. And today, I know he's fired up about a topic when I'm getting multiple texts from him <laughs> the night before. And he wants to talk about the idea of tailgating. He's not going to be idea. a fan of it. I already know. He doesn't like it? I don't know. Uh, based off of that description, I don't think he's going to no, like no, no, it. No, no, no. I don't know. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't tip me off one way or the other. Uh, he lives very close to uh, the stadium, right on the river. Um, huge, and so, mansion. Uh, he, huge mansion. You know, he, he gets a look at 
people who, for all we know, are out there right now. In fact, I would bet a lot of money there's somebody or somebody's, plural, that's out there right now tailgating. Beautiful day. You know, he should invite us to his palatial estate to, you know, throw back a couple beers. He wouldn't let guys like us in. No, it's no. Grey Goose, no beer. No, just Grey Goose. No, no. Too, too much ham and eggers over here? Yeah, ham and eggers and, and beer drinkers. You're a beer drinker, Casey? Yeah, I have a Bud or a Miller. Or, yeah, you know. and you're a beer drinker, Brand. I know that. Yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of beers. And I'm a beer drinker, and so, you know, not being Grey Goose guys, we may not be allowed in. Um, okay, we're going to talk about the game, make our picks for tonight. Stick around. This is Off the Bench, presented by... <laughs> United Dairy Farmers. All right, here we go. This is our Bengals report brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies. Great sponsor of ours. Great guys over there. John Burns and uh, Larry Shakely. We love them. They provide IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile, mobile computing to desktop to data center supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity. We invite you to visit Encore.tech, where the path of innovation begins here. So, gentlemen, here we go. Here we go. We start our picks. Normally, we hold this for a Friday. We'll have the rest of our picks tomorrow. Um, in both college football and the NFL, but because of Ben Galli's are playing tonight, the big whiteout. So that you're saying it's three and a half. Yeah. Um, that, so the money is swinging in Miami's favor here, right? Is that what it means? No, it's, it started early. It's still at three and a half. According to ESPN, it started at, I think at one or one and a half. So it's swinging towards but it got at one point to four, four and a half. I think on another, another line I heard last night was four. Okay. Our line is three and a half. Uh, I am going to take the hometown Bengalis. Homer show. Homer show. That's what we should name this show. We should get rid of off the bench and just name it the Homer show and put you guys in cheerleading outfits. Yeah, Brandon I mean, will put you in a UC outfit. Yeah, that's fair. Casey, you will be in the uh, the Bengals outfit. Yeah, I mean, I'm already in my Bengals outfit. You are. So you already got I, I'm already there, guys. Well, okay. What are we doing? So that means you're going with the Bengals, too. I am, and you know, when you when we think about the guy we just had on, Brandon or Brendan, uh, excuse me, I'm Brandon. I mean, yes, you're Brandon. Uh, Brendan. That was that was Brendan. I'm Brandon. Brandon. That was Brendan. Yeah, that's Tom. <laughs> he predicted a 21-24 victory for the Dolphins. I'm gonna do 27-24 victory. No, I'm sorry. That wouldn't work. You already said it. Yeah, tw- 21, oh, to 20, cover. 21, 28. 28, 21. Okay, 28, 21. Okay. And, I, uh, I'm going to take the Bengals. I know you're going I'm going to take the Bengals as well, but we had that Madden. We do these Madden uh, Wednesday uh, simulations with the Hard Rock Casino, and we I called the game last night, and the Bengals came out and went on top by three scores in the first half, held on to win by double digits. I think there's something to it. They've been they've been kind of on the money. These Madden predictions. Either. Yeah, tell me about these. You started them, and and of course your it's, Madden predictions had what what was the big stunner that when you guys announced that thing? Something? Oh well, it was it, the score hasn't always been correct, but the outcome where like kind of where the end of the game comes to that has been correct. Like the first game, it should have been right. Was the Evan McPherson field goal to win against the Steelers at the end of the game? They had a chance. 
twice, it extra point, and should have happened. Second game, it was a walk-off score by the Cowboys to win it. That happened in real life. Last week, Bengals win comfortably. So they had the Cowboys winning that yes. game in Madden? Okay, and, I and, didn't know that. And the okay. last week, it was the Jets winning comfortably, or the Jet Bengals beating the Jets comfortably, and Tyler Boyd had a big game in Madden. Wow. Wow. It's, so what was, and so what what's, what's the tonight's deal? It was 31-17. to 17. Bengals won in the Madden prediction from last night for tonight's game. Tyler Boyd had another big game, but the Bengals jumped out early. And then Tua tried to kind of do what he did against Baltimore, and it didn't work out in the second half. So, Man. we'll see. So, you're doing these every Thursday? I mean, every, every Wednesday? Every Wednesday, and we start this, this coming week live at the Hard Rock Casino in downtown Cincinnati. Might have some special guests. Zim Huday has been – we've been doing it virtual, so he's my partner virtually on the calls. We're going to have some uh, added guests here in person, though. But they're fun. And the scores, like I said, the scores aren't always exactly spot yeah. on. But the situations, like they had Tyler Boyd for over 100 yards and two touchdowns in Madden. In real life, he had a big touchdown and then over 100 sure. yards. So they know something. That's, Boy, that's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Are you just playing the game one time? or, or, or They're just playing. They simulate it one time. I don't see it. And then I call it blind. So Are you doing like the play-by-play? -play? Yeah. You are? Yeah. It's not great. but And, and Zim Houday is the analyst? Yep. We have some great talks. Great talks. I have on the no air. doubt about that. Is his language good? Yeah. Yeah. No, we don't. We do not cuss. Okay. We keep it professional. Because he's, you know, he's an interesting guy. My, my wife and I have been talking about him because I'm growing this ridiculous. Uh, we talked about savage mode last night on the broadcast. Yeah. He, he got me into savage mode, and it's a what reason I haven't shaved, and I'm not going to shave until the. Uh, I, I gave him my word that uh, I would not shave again until the Bengals lost. So. So if they go, I might look like a member of ZZ Top. If they go fifteen and two, yeah, how far out is it going to grow? Well, look, here's the deal, okay? I will grow it till it's a full beard, but I, I but I'm not letting the, the no, stuff no, happen. No, no, not no, that no, it will, no, no. but that's not yeah, happening. I got you. I'll keep it cleaned up. That's. I mean, good. even now I'm shaving down on the neck. I don't want it growing down here. You know, that's you fair. don't like the neck beard. I don't. See, like, I get, I get I don't, not at all. Just... No, no. So I'll keep this, and and uh, and you get good and bad reaction to the whole thing. Um, most probably not very good, and it's a very humbling experience for. And, you, and neither of you are, are this old, are old enough, but it's a very humbling experience for a man when everything grows in gray. It, it really is, and 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 it's not like you feel bad. I mean, I'm grateful I still have some hair, uh, and, and it's gray and turning grayer by the day. Um, and then uh, your eyebrows, th that's where it's really humiliating. Are those gray? There are a bunch of gray ones in there. And my wife keeps saying, look, you, you, you got to do something about it. And I'm like, I'm not pulling them out because, you know, you keep what you have. So maybe I'm going to have to start. We can take you to Sally's, eyebrows. get some hair dye. I think there are a lot of guys that, there may not be a, a ton of guys that color their hair, but I think there are a lot of guys that do color their eyebrows. Why don't we get you to Sally's or, or somewhere like that? A or Alt, Sally's or Alta. My mom was a hairstylist, so I know about the the hair dye. We can get you some some hair dye. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I, I, not hair dye. I, I mean, but I, I'm all for the eye, eyebrow dye. Well, you know that this show is, is is really doing well. We're talking about eyebrow dying. Well, let's, let's talk about what Brandon touched on. And I, I didn't want to show the video because I don't want us to get in trouble with the NFL. 
but I, I the screenshot of the tweet from Barstool, yeah, UC's Barstool account. It, I don't know what else you expected when you practiced, and I would assume they knew that it was an open, open public field. campus. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, my assumption is Luke Fickle and the Cats, rightfully so, were probably practicing on their practice field, which is private. You can see a little bit inside, but it's much more private yeah, than Nippert. Yeah, they've got barriers up and all that yeah. kind of thing. Nippert, it's wide open. And so I, I, we talked about it with James Rapine a little bit. It, typically when teams come in, they'll practice at a high school where maybe a kid that goes to high school or a coach takes a photo with a player walking out or like of the fence with the buses. Like this was, I mean, you see they're in their Miami Dolphins uniforms. Like, they're practice jerseys. They're not trying to hide it at all. Right. It's pretty clear as day that – and I, I – on the flip side, I understand working in the in the media that you're not supposed to film walkthroughs. We're not even allowed at walkthroughs for the most part unless you're calling so is so, so if I understand this correctly, because I just read a little while ago uh, on some website about the possibility of the NFL looking into this whole thing. Okay? Now, I have thoughts on that here in a second. But, yeah. but I want to make sure I have the, the – the right story here is what you're saying. If I hear you right, what you're saying is the issue apparently is with Barstool actually putting it up on a media site, not a bunch of students putting it on social media because they were walking by there. What yeah. Well, so they were filming. Students were filming at campus of the dolphins practicing and then bar UC Barstool, which is, I guess an affiliate of Barstool Sports picked it up and tweeted it out. So then the Dolphins, I guess, Dave tweeted Porter, what out? A thirty-second video? Yeah, of a walkthrough. Oh my lord! There's a couple videos. I mean, so come on. I know, but that's thirty-second video. But that's how. But that's how the NFL is. They don't want anything. Teams don't want anything out. They think you know, which I get to a degree. But yeah, so they there. I don't know. The only way the NFL, I think the NFL could penalize anyone or get in any sort of legal battle was one if it somehow affects the game the game the game plan and the betting line because of barstool being in gaming so that's one angle which i think still is not very likely fair to, angle though fair point to two if somehow this video was taken by the Bengals, which i think there's a point zero 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 one percent chance it was no chance so i to me yep they probably didn't understand the Dolphins, how public Nippert was when they practiced there. And they also didn't realize that there would be hundreds of students walking okay. through, if not thousands, well, during the practice. That is on the Dolphins. Yeah. Because the Good old high school. Good old high school. That's right. The way these things work, you're right. It's a high school. Uh, you know, and, 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 and having been to so many bowl games where college teams, major bowl games, national championship games, with huge implications if video stuff started getting out. Uh, I recall Ohio State. They, they, they play in a national championship game one year out in Arizona, and they go to a high school. They pay people, right, to walk around the perimeter of this high school field or practice field mm -hmm. To make sure people are not doing this or they have some kind of security involved to make sure that these things aren't going on. If the Dolphins are that concerned about this happening while they're coming into Cincinnati 
and having a practice in the middle of a, a, of a university that has, what, 40,000 students, Plus, something yeah. like that, right? Right. I mean, shame on them. That's on them. And now, you're right on the bar stool thing about the gambling thing. I, I, you know, okay, but, but not – that's on the Dolphins, and like, like James said, they're, they're not showing anything down there anyway. The only thing you could have gotten out of that was because uh, a lot of people were wondering if Tua was going to be healthy enough to practice. Right. Play. I should say. That's a big deal. Now, that would move a line. But I th we had a good idea. If he was doubtful and then, like, listed as doubtful and then was out there during the walkthrough, that would be a difference. But he was already questionable. People thought he was going to play. I, it is a difference. UC is a different animal than most college football yes, programs it when it comes to the stadium. Yes, it is. Ohio State can't get in. LSU can't get in. Alabama can't get in. You can go and have 10 beers and go kick field goals at 3 in the morning at Nippert if That's you want. Right. Not saying I've done that, but if you want to, you could. Yeah, if you want to, you can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is Tracy Jones ready to go, or are we early for him yet? Uh, I think he's in. Um, I haven't had a chance to speak with him yet, though. Well, wait a minute. I see him uh, in, in my monitor. In and out Burger? Is that the show? Are you ready, Tracy? You got that right. I'm ready. Oh. He's ready. Uh, you hear his voice. There it is. We welcome, uh, presented by our friends at Encore Technologies. He's knocking down about his 15th cup of coffee since it's only uh, coffee and water uh, during this fasting that you're doing now. How many cups of coffee are you knocking back a day? Two pots of coffee and a lot of water. And I feel Jeez. great. Did you say two pots of coffee? Two pots of coffee. See, I'm just you to be. I'm surprised to hear you use that word pot, because I look at you and knowing what kind of place you live in, and I think to myself, he's got to be one of those Keurig guys with like that super high end kind of single cup. You ever see? Look at you shaking. Am I right? Am I on? I got one. Here? I got one. Yes. <laughs> I got the flavored coffee, a latte. I've got that. That's no, I don't mean, no, 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 no. Now, now, listen, I don't mean the flavored coffee because I, I, I don't get the flavored coffee thing. I don't get the flavored uh, crap that people put in it and all that kind of stuff, caramel and all that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, a little cream, a little sugar. I, but I pictured you as being, um, you know, more of a, uh, a maybe a, uh, an espresso coffee or maybe something from Italy or, you know, Columbia or somewhere like that, like that. It was real, real sort of high-end coffee. I am. Out of a pot that you can make like like I do every day, for example. Yeah. No, I am. I use Dunkin' Donut. That's that's my coffee. Me too. Dunkin', right? Good coffee. No, no, hey, no, no, no. Let me, let, me, let me correct that. You know, I, I actually take that back. I, because I live right next door to UDF. I drink more UDF coffee oh, than anything else. But if I'm on coffee. the road and I'm out of town... Um, I always try to find a Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah it is. It's good. consistent. Hey, yeah. hey, listen. Before we start, and I have to address this. It's rather frustrating for me. Okay, I'm going to be honest. There's a lot of selfish. How can I put this gingerly? A lot of selfish bastards out there that watch this show, that listen to this show, and it's for free. Where are you going to get content and talent like this, Tom? Right? Where are you going to get it? We're doing this for free. For you people, we're doing it for free. you got talent. Tom Brenneman, one of the top broadcasters in the country, right? you got Tracy Jones. Pretty good. You had Johnny Bench the other day. I heard that. 
I heard that interview. You got myself. You've got a lot of people, Citizen. right? A lot of great talent. Please, here's what I'm going to ask for you people. Just do it, okay? It's a free show. I want you to smash the like button, and I want you to subscribe to our show. It's the least you can do. Please help you us know out. I, you, you know what I would like? That would be nice, Tracy, but I would like for those that are out there and that are watching and our numbers continue to go up every single day. Yep. I mean, I'd like them to jump on board like Encore and UDF and some others and yes. be a sponsor of our program. Yes, for sure. Because this show is exploding. I don't know yeah, if you're it looking is. at really the numbers, really but is. I am. It and really I want to say, when, when you have someone like Johnny Bench, and by the way, great interview, but Thank I you. have to take issue with him. I mean, and I consider Johnny a friend. I think he's the second best catcher of all time. That's how much respect I have for Johnny Bench. Punch Rodriguez is better. But when he says... Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Uh, hang on, hang on. Stop, stop, stop. Before what? you go to your next point. Did you just say Pudge Rodriguez was better than Johnny Bench? Did Pudge I Rodriguez, great player. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Pudge Rodriguez better than Johnny Bench? Well, you know what? We'll argue that. I mean, that come for on. We'll argue. Did you take issue with anything that Johnny said? I'm sitting here doing my work. And Johnny's saying some outrageous things. I think of Johnny as a friend. But when he talks about the great people of Cincinnati not embracing their athletes, he is totally off base. Remember when he told you that any athlete, you know, that's anything, moves away from Cincinnati? Well, you know what? I'm a pretty good athlete, right? You know, I played Cincinnati only for three years. I could live anywhere I want, Tom. I have pretty close in a couple years. I'll have FU money. I can live anywhere I want. I choose to live in Cincinnati. Grew up in LA, Eugene, Oregon, where all those liberal hacks are. Detroit, West Palm Beach, good place, a lot of rich people. But I chose Cincinnati. Why? Because of the quality of the people. The yeah. people are the best. I and, don't I, think, and I was very I, I upset with Johnny. I don't think that what he said was, is it's not a great place to live. Because until just a couple of years ago, Johnny maintained his residence here. I mean, his I oldest son, his first son, Bobby, grew up here, went to high school here, all that kind of thing. I don't think that's what he was saying. I agreed with him uh, on, on though, Tracy, and, and we talked about this at the end of the show a little bit yesterday after he was finished. I think the point he was making that as far as, as being, quote, unquote, you know, sort of embraced and ingrained into the community, um, that there have been some big time athletes here that, that don't necessarily, um, I don't know what the word is, and I don't know what the way he put it, but but I had I knew what he meant, you know. Anthony Munoz, we talked about, you know. Anthony's here. You no, know, Chris I, Collinsworth. I know, I, I know that. I know that. But I, I'm saying those were the two guys we talked about. But 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 Anthony's right. you know thing has been his faith and his mission in life. Uh, and his, you know, his, his faith to God above and, 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 and all the things he's done well north of the town, up in Mason and all that kind of thing. Chris mm -hmm. has been on the other side of the river over there in Kentucky. I think most people, people. you look at him as a national guy. Yep. I think Pete screwed the whole thing up for a lot of guys because of everything that happened. You agree with that? As far as what? As far as, Just get I mean, let, let, let's be honest with it. If Pete Rose is never... Um, implicated in a gambling scandal as manager of the Reds, okay? He's here in Cincinnati. He probably never leaves Cincinnati. 
And everywhere you turn in this town, there would be something with Pete Rose on it. Right. Do you agree with that? Right. But Pete, you know, I visited Pete in Boca, uh, Boca Raton. I, yeah. I forget where he was in Florida. I, I mean, I, he's been in Vegas. I mean, let, let's face it. Cincinnati's kind of a tough place because of the weather. I'll give you that. But Pete, no, well, first of all, no one's bigger than Pete here in Cincinnati. No. You're right. You're right. Okay, I, I want to. You were getting ready to say something else, though, and, and maybe we covered it because I interrupted you on the Pudge Rodriguez thing, and we went off. Is there something? And, and I'm sure at your age, you probably don't remember it and all the concussions you've had. But, but, but you recall what you were getting ready to say? No, I just wanted to ask you: Are you on social media at all? I just because this might. Okay, I just what do you want? And I, and I really don't know much about it. Brandon is primarily handling. Uh, all of the social media um, uh, out of here, Tom Brenneman TV. So, uh, you know, I, I'm just really learning how to do it. Uh, that's, that's all I can tell you. Why do you ask? Well, because I just, I've got an idea for you, and I tell you this is what I do. I have a lot of third-party accounts that I have, and sometimes I'll get on Twitter and I'll bring up my name and just go back and forth with people. And I like to just strike it bored sometimes. I go, that Tracy Jones, he was a horrible baseball player, right? And it is amazing how many people will defend me. And it's almost like I'm getting in an argument defending myself. But it's really something that you might try. Just get a third-party account and just bring up the name Tom Brenneman and see what happens. Dude, You'll find, easy. Tom, that – go ahead. Go ahead. No, I want you to finish that. I'll find that what? No, you'll just find how many people love you and respect well, I, you. I, I know I, I do. I, and I and I appreciate that very much. But you know, uh, I, I'm not name dropping here. But but I remember years ago, um, we were at a Fox football seminar, and Joe Buck uh, had never been on social media. And and I don't know if there's anybody out there outside of Donald Trump and some politicians um, that 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 has more people go back and forth about him and his job performance than Joe Buck does. Because let's face it, he's called every big game known to man uh, in he's football and, and, and baseball forever. And he's still a very young man. So you get some people who love him, some people hate him. Okay, fine. That's with everybody in that job. Yeah. But, but I remember the year he decided he was going to get on social media for the first time. And I had never been on it. And I'd never been on it until the show started three weeks now. Um, and I, I, I walked up to him because I've known Joe ago a long, long time. And he had gone back and forth with some fans and, and he was posting different things and, 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 and DMing certain people and all this sort of stuff. And then they react to that and everything. And, and, and I said to him, I said, dude, why in the world would you, why w would you uh, 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 make yourself uh, put out there and read about the people that think you're a horse's ass or think you do a bad oh, job. Why subject yeah. yourself to that? Is that what you're saying I should do? I, I think you should. And, and the reason I bring this up, I do troll people. And I did something with you. I did it. I pulled it back. Someone mean mouthed you. First of all, you know how much respect I have for you and your dad. And someone bad mouthed you. And I was so close because I am a little thin-skinned when it comes to my friends. I don't care what you say about me. I'm thick-skinned. But you say something about my buddies, I'm going to defend you. And it just – and then I pulled it back. And it was kind of a little nasty. I was afraid that someone's going to come back and get me. But it is so tough when you read stuff and you're criticized. 
And, and Joe Buck's a really good example because I think he's really good. Yeah. But people hate him. And I'm thinking, why? Do you know how tough that job is? I, I, and, I mean, it's, it's I, I just don't understand why. L listen, I, and I used to joke with him. I said, look, I can be told how crappy I am by well, my wife on a regular basis. But, but I don't need to subject myself to a bunch of people I don't even know. All right, look, I, I want to move to more important things. Okay. Two things I want to cover with you in our final 15 minutes here. Number one, uh, Aaron Judge ties a record. He's, he's one away from breaking uh, Roger Maris's single-season American League home run record. Barry Bonds holds a single-season record in the history of baseball. Um, Roger Maris Jr., I don't know if you saw this story, but when uh, McGuire and Sosa and Bonds were all going through these, you know, home run barrages and all the rumors about PEDs and some we yeah. found out since, some we haven't. And, yeah. and he was very vocal. He went to all the games. He travels around uh, and was very vocal that this was not a real record. Um, he has been traveling for the better part of nine days watching the Yankees play. Uh, and right. wanted to be there when uh, Judge ties a record and or breaks a record. And he came out after the game in Toronto. He was there last night uh, and, and extremely vocal that that should be the home run record. Roger Maris, 62. Yay or 61? Yay or nay? You agree or disagree? You know what? I'm going to have to play middle of the road of this. I, I don't, oh, I'd my have... God. Yeah, I very rarely am I a middle of the road guy. But I'm going to have to. There's a lot there. There's a lot to digest. And let me throw this out at you because when we do these segments, and it's something that your dad learned, it always comes back to me. Do you know who, and you know this because you know your baseball and you know your sports. Do you know who Roger Maris hit his 61st home run off of? No. Guy by the name of Tracy Stoller. Tracy Stoller was my dad's roommate when he played at the Boston Red Sox. And my dad was roommate and liked Tracy Stoller so much and thought he was such a cool guy that he named me after Tracy Stoller. You got to be kidding me. No. And I actually met that Tracy. That is a great story. Isn't it? And, and I met Tracy about five years ago. Very cool. Kind of a, a South Carolina guy. Kind of an Elvis. But very lot of charisma. My dad thought he was the greatest guy and we talked about my dad, and he talked about how good my dad was. My dad shattered his leg when he was 17, running after a ball in the offseason and hit a park bench. He was actually in the uh, bed in bed for nine months and actually almost died of, of blood poisoning. But it was neat to hear Tracy Stoller talk so highly of my dad. And my dad, when I brought it up, he says, he's not going to remember me. And he did. And I think it's a pretty cool story. That is a great story. You're actually yeah. named after him. Tracy Stalder, who gave up Roger Maris's 61st home run. And you know the rumor on that, he threw one right down the drain out. Well, Maris, I know. I've know heard that, that story before. Yeah. But, but, but I, I, the, 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 the story is, that, that is a really cool yeah. story. Yeah. It's actually the first time I've ever told the story, but I, I thought well, see, it was, I was getting right now. The next question: Why you and my dad have never done that on your on the and and by the way, my dad yesterday said it's Brenneman Jones on baseball. I thought you said it was changing to Jones and Brenneman. It is baseball. this year after twenty three years. I think it's time because I really do carry that show. I think everyone would agree with that. I think yeah, but I, 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 you I carried yesterday's really good, show. I, I I tell you what, I'm gonna save my best stuff for you, Tom. Uh, amen. Well, why? Because you know what I want you. 
what I want you people to do is smash that like button, right? And subscribe. It's the least you people can do. When's he coming up here? Well, we'll get Tracy up here in the studio sometime soon. All right, here's what I want to get into with you, okay? You're down uh, there right do on the river. Huge game tonight. Bengals and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I was talking with Casey and, and Brandon a minute ago. I got to believe there are tailgaters down there right now as we speak. Are you going to the game? And if not, are you a tailgating kind of a guy? Yay or nay? First of all, how dare you even think that I would tailgate? I've tailgated once in my life. It was when the Pittsburgh Steelers were in town a few years ago. You ever notice when Steeler fans come to town, they've got that smell about them. They look unkept. Uh, they come in, drink <laughs> our beer, make love to all our women, and then leave usually with a win. So that was the, I've been to it one time tailgating. I don't like tailgating. Why? I don't have tailgating is I don't a have ball. Any... I'm going down to the UDF tailgate tonight. David Linder has that thing right in the end zone right there by the river. It's phenomenal. It's good, clean, fun. You, you're hanging out with friends. You're meeting new friends. What the hell's wrong with tailgating? It's just, Seriously. I don't have, I don't have anything com in common with those people. It's just, it's kind of a different breed. Talking about ham and eggers. I'll tell you what, and this is this is something and I want you guys, all three of you guys to consider this because I think it's a great point. I have a friend that his name's Richard and he's from Indian Hill, has a lot of money. I remember he, he was on your radio show yes, all the time. Yes. He, 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 came up with the, he came up with the, what was that? The fan something index? FQI, fan quality index, right? Because you want that's how you really measure games and for sponsors, kind of like this show. The FQI or the LQI, the listener's quality index, is very high. But he thinks that people should be tailgating like a certain area according to zip code. So let, let's say you're from Bellevue or, or Tom, stay with me now. Let's say you're from Bellevue or Indian Hill or Montgomery or did I mention Bellevue? You sit in a different area because we have, we have certain likes, right? I mean, I don't like hot dogs in old Milwaukee. I like gray goose and ribeyes. You know, when I'm going to Spain, when I'm going to Nordy's, they're going to Metamora and uh, the dollar store. We don't have anything in common. So people in like certain zip code, 41073, that's my zip code, would be like the front row kind of roped off. And like people from, let's say East Price Hill or the Norwoodians, they'd be pushed to the side because they kind of can relate to hey uh i'm from west price hill where, where do we fit in uh right there right to the back <laughs> right to the back i'm in oakley do i get the middle of the lane or they say it is i mean come on what about oakley what about guys what about guys um what about guys? When you were growing up and you know my dad <laughs> made my, my dad made reference to this yesterday he was very impressed yeah. When off the top of your head, you started coming up with Paul Krause and, you know, these names, yeah. football and everything. Mm -hmm. Was there ever a time when you were a kid growing up in Southern California and the Rams were going out there and the whole nine yards, the Lakers had it going on, Yeah, the whole deal, Dodgers were really, really good. Yeah. Were, were, were you a Jersey guy where you bought, you know, a, a jerseys of players that were your favorite players and wore them to school or wore them out, out and about town, that kind of thing? You're all about insulting me this afternoom, aren't you? Do you think I'm what's still insulting about that? 
Do you think I'm going to wear another man's name on my back? What do you think I am? It's a fan. I mean, you're a fan. You were a fan of the Rams and, and you know, Worthy and all the magic and, and, and yep. all those guys had it going on out there. What's wrong with walking around a T-shirt and then a Lakers jersey with, uh, you know, Worthy or Byron Scott, one of those guys on the back? What's wrong with that? Tom, I'm a grown man. Okay, I'm 61 years old. I'm not totally against wearing a, a, another man's jersey. Uh, maybe Tom Brady, uh, number 12. Or maybe even my other favorite, Tim Tebow. I like I Tim love Tebow, Tebow, too. Good. Love Tebow. And a great guy. The best. Quality. No doubt. What, what jersey would you wear? Tebow's a good one. I mean, Tebow's Tebow, really good. But I want, no. I want to finish on you. Are you saying that... You're not a fan, basically, of grown men wearing jerseys with other people's names on the back. Is that what you're saying? I, th I think it's silly. I, I, if I did it, my wife would divorce me. I mean, what am I going to wear? Number 24, Pac-Man Jones? That jersey? <laughs> now, if you wear 29, Reds jersey, that's different, Tom. That I is. can do that's that. That's big league jersey there. Yeah, Although it is. You got twenty five there back in the back. What what is that? Is that the is Giants. that the Giants or, or the Tigers? Who is that? Twenty five back there. That's twenty five Giants. That's where I hit one eighty six. I was the worst player in baseball right there, but they let let me keep the jersey. One eighty six, Tom. That's embarrassing. That's okay. It happens. It happens. I was uh, there was a concussions. That's right. There's, fellas, do you have any questions for Tracy before we, uh, we let him go? I have another a topic or two I want to cover with him, but do, is there anything you have for Tracy Jones today? So I just, have, <laughs> I just have to say one thing. I had a Tim Tebow Florida Gators jersey. Um, I absolutely bought it for one reason and one reason only, uh -huh. because I'm a man of faith. And uh, back yeah. in the day, my, my uh, mom wouldn't let me wear any other player except for Tim Tebow. I was just getting into, into football when I was a kid, and she thought that that guy was the perfect role model. So you saying that makes me feel a little better about myself, that I only wore a Tim Tebow jersey for most of my childhood. That's uh, a great story. Yeah. I and, like that. Uh, yeah. And so now, though, however, I... Uh, have Burrow up here. I think he's a pretty great guy too, but is, does Burrow fit in that category? Would he be in the... I, I love Burrow. I, I think he's great, but he's not up there with Brady or Tim Tebow. Oh, Close, and he might get there, but he's got a way to, ways to go. He does. He Tracy, does. Tracy, you and Tim Tebow have a lot in common. Very successful athletes, very PG. Yeah. No doubt. A great... You think? Leader. Yeah, great. I do. <laughs> Great leader. I was the captain of all three of my high school teams and the class president and dated three homecoming queens from three different schools. But I, I don't want to. It's At not about me. About, it's, yes, it's not about me. It's about Tim Tebow. You were the president. Did you have to put together a campaign for that? Because most of the time you have to do that in high school to run for a class president. I did. I did. And someone came up with a brilliant idea. It was a race car. And it said, be racy, vote for Tracy. That probably would not wow. fly. It was just a race. Yeah, but that's what it was. I'm just telling you. But it had nothing to do with race. So I don't want I to know. Yeah, but yeah, we know yeah. that. We know that. Yeah, I, know. I don't want to. Yeah, not about that. But yeah, and I won. I actually beat the most popular girl, Sue Camus. 
who I actually dated. Sue Camus? Sue Camus. Boy, oh, okay. Tom, All right. okay. you should see her now. Talk about slump buster. She did not age well at all. Big, big girl. We were on a good run today. We were big on, girl. We were, oh, my God. I thought we had made it, fellas. I thought we had made it through. You know, there was incredible, incredible response to your last two days. Yes, ago. I bet. I, I bet. Mean, it, it, all, all very, very good. I got to tell you. Oh, hold on. Don't don't go there, okay? Because there's someone in your family. No, don't. Uh, you got to be honest here. Someone in your family doesn't like two nine. There's nobody in my family doesn't like yeah. two nine. Your mother-in-law thinks I'm a little too edgy. She told somebody. I don't no, know she, about that. I don't know about that, Tracy. She Jones. hasn't told me that, and I live across the street from her. What are no, your thoughts told, about living across the street from your mother-in-law? Good idea or bad idea? I think it's a pitiful idea. Why would you do that? One of she, my one of my best friends does the same thing, and they got three kids. It's real easy to just drop them off. Go well, off we, we we you know oh. look look. She, See, there's she's a perk. Been awesome to have living across the street. She had a she had when we lived in Arizona, um, we had a, a a really decent sized piece of land, and so <laughs> she built. Uh, you know, it would, under normal circumstances, it would be like a guest house out in the back of the property, but it was her primary residence. And so when we picked up and left Arizona, we asked her, do you want to move to Cincinnati? She said, sure, because she's by herself. She's divorced. Hold on yard. So she bought the house across the street from us, and, and that's where she lives. And it's been a great thing for her daughter and for our family and for uh, our kids. I don't like I recommend. Her. You don't like it? <laughs> I don't like her. I never met her, but if she doesn't like me, I don't like her. I, how do you like that? Very childish, Tom. It's not childish. I, I'm sure she's watching right now, and I might get a text from her. I was looking down to see if she had texted me now. All right, so the bottom line is you're not going uh, tailgating uh, down there. Uh, are tailgaters ham and eggers? Oh, you better believe it. All right. You better believe it. They, they, they like it. They get down there. I, I can understand going and drinking like four o'clock right leading up to it. Yeah. I never, I never could get the whole idea of starting drinking in the morning at 10 o'clock. If you're drinking in the morning at 10, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, you've got some serious issues. You've got an alcohol problem. You need to get that resolved. And let me tell you this. All you slackers that are going to tailgate before the game tonight and then think you're going to call in sick tomorrow, mm. that's, that's wrong and very weak. I can't argue that. I can't argue. I mean, you know, it's that old adage. If you want to, what, what is it uh, 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 about? What, what, what's the old adage about staying up late and getting up early? What is it? Something sore with the Eagles, and what's the line? I don't know what the line is, but I know people who sleep five hours. I only sleep five hours a night, okay? And that's a sign of intelligence. Yeah, but you're an athlete, people, though. You're a professional no, no, no. athlete and Wait, highly I got, intelligent. He also you know. drinks two pots of coffee every day. No, so five hours. Might... People who sleep, let me, let me throw some names at you. People that sleep five hours, Albert Einstein, Donald <laughs> Trump, myself, uh, Stephen Hawking. Tracy Jones, Eli, there, there's just a lot of people, five hours, that's, uh, sleep is overrated, and eating is overrated. Okay. Since, wait, since you want to dog the tailgaters, Tracy, did you ever in your career, a very serious baseball question, yeah. play a game hungover? 
Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Had some of my best games, honey. I know some of the guys that play now, and when I see them out there after a night out, they do do okay. It's pretty funny. Oh, I'll tell you what. Rob Dibble, he, it, Rob Dibble needs about two hours sleep. That son of a gun goes forever. So he'd pick me. He would come every morning and pick me up, and we would go to the field. We stayed out till about 5 o'clock in the morning. Picked up on, you know, it doesn't matter. He knocked on my door, 7 o'clock, let's go, let's go to breakfast. I went and had a game at 1 o'clock, had the best game ever on two hours sleep. What was the play, What was the spot? Were you going to Tina's, or what was the spot back then when you played? No, this was spring He training. would never uh, show up. I can assure if there's one guy that would never show up, at the old Tina's down there. That was a hot spot. It back would in be the day. crazy, Joe. There that is was a no tie. chance. Come on. That's where all the baseball annies would go, right? Well, you, you wouldn't go there. There's no chance of you going. You'd have been that over there, court. like at Ruby's on the waterfront, stuff like that. That, that oh, was yeah, your kind of scene, right? Las Brisas. God, there's some great memories. Yeah, we I could know. spend a couple hours, right? I know. I'm well aware. Tuesday. Did you ever go to those places? Or yes, were you still I did. Yes, president I did. of this, your fraternity. That kind of stuff. You, you had to pull a lot of wool at that friggin' fraternity. <laughs> we're, done. We're, done. we're done. We're done. A lot of <laughs> Tracy, we love you. All uh, right, guys. Have a great rest See you of your tailgate. day. See at the tailgate. And uh, right. we'll talk to you later, my man. All right. Tracy Enjoy the game. Yes, go Bengals. Thank you. you too. Go Bengals is right. All right. Tracy Jones, the guy is, I mean, it's unbelievable. He's the best. He is. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, we're going to, you want to go ahead and do it now? Do we yeah, have a cherry we, on top? We can get right into the cherry on top. Yeah. All right, so what is this? Uh, well, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, Aaron Judge's record home run, and uh, fan had a perfect shot to catch it. Okay. Not not perfect. You had to make. Well, I want to see effort. this because you said that it was a tough play. It was a tough play. All right, I'll be the judge of that. Let's see. This right. is history, by the way. Yep. Just Aaron Judge tying Roger Maris single season American League home run record number sixty one last night in Toronto. Yeah, just check out this guy. He's got a good line on it. It's a hard ball hit, right oh. in the front row, off the glove, throws the glove at the guy behind. They just know there's money lost. Uh, yeah, I'm not so sure he could have made that play. There were some other angles that had it, it touched leather. It would have been tough, but when you're that close, the, the reactions is what is going viral. The reaction of he was that close it, to catching. Yeah. It, it, Plus, it, you you know you get scared anytime you're leaning over where man. Oh if all of yeah. A sudden, I mean, somebody would have probably caught him, but there's always well, that it's, it's also natural high human situation where of, you flip over. And, and it's over. Right. Right? No, I agree with that. I just, the reaction of he was that close to yeah. having the million-dollar ball. I thought I read where it might have been something like, like closer to $2 million. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a gambling man, not good with money. Where, where, uh, check out real quick, fella. Where, where do the Yankees go next? Let's see. The guy identified himself as Frankie Lasagna, I believe. Okay. So that's a cool name. Yeah, it is a cool name. Um, that's something out of The Godfather. Or your, Goodfellas. Your dad had that Goodfellas poster of himself. He did. That's him a yesterday. big league poster. It's, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, the Orioles come to Yankee Stadium tomorrow. Hmm. Oh, boy. That place will be jumping this weekend. Yep. Big time. Big time. Big league. All right, boys. Uh, that was our cherry on top presented by United Dairy Farmers. Excuse me. Mm.
Excuse me. Um, are we, uh, are, so we, we, we all agree Bengals tonight? Bengalis. Right, yeah. Okay. Bengals. So, Casey McAllister, Brandon Seho, thank you, gentlemen. We thank Trace Fowler, our executive producer here at Chatterbox Sports. Check us out. Big day tomorrow, okay? Big day. Making all our picks for the weekend and recapping what happens downtown in the netty tonight. See you tomorrow.